Welcome to Perspectives with Catherine Tune. And I am have been meditating on uh, something that is so beautiful and sweeping for a while. You know, the thing is, it's such a project of endless uh, revelation because ultimately it's looking unto a person who's who's fathomless, who is has some mystery, a lot of mystery. But who is um, all about relationship, all about int- intimacy, which means knowing and getting to know. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous journey. Obviously, I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the person of Christ. So I'm titling this Trusting in the Masterfulness of a Loving God. Oh, I'm just happy uh, saying that because there's so much just even packed in those few words. You know, the thing is, in a lot of our journeys with so many people who've been deconstructed, uh, just deconstructing their um, their take <laughs> on uh, on Christ, on what the cross means, on what redemption means, uh, on why did he have to go to the cross? Why did he have to come in the flesh? Uh, all of these things. Uh, ultimately, 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 and I, I'm happy to have conversations about the theological implications because they're important. But ultimately, where the rubber meets the road is how it impacts the human heart, how it impacts your heart, because you have no control over what other people's hearts are doing, right? Other than um, being true to what you know, especially in your heart. So, uh, so when we talk about trusting, you know, this is really what faith is, what believing is, but trusting is a whole lot more simple. And you can't trust in something or someone you don't really believe is good, that you don't really believe is faithful, that you don't really believe has your best interests at heart, that you don't really believe loves you, or you believe it's all conditional, all dependent on, wow, how much I read my Bible or how, you know, if I did this sin or didn't do this sin, um, or if it turns out that you had believed him for something and the opposite happened and now you're hurt. And so this is where the rubber meets the road for us, right? So, and then, and then if we think somehow, wow, God, you may be good. Um, you may be, you may be loving and lovely. But if you're not powerful and you're really kind of perplexed by all the things that are facing us, I don't know how much good (laughs) I can count on you for, right? So if you're going to lean your weight, and this is, this is what we're talking about. Leaning your weight on God is trusting God. And you know, little kids with good parents trust. They trust. Uh, until their trust is so broken that th- maybe they don't trust. But that's how we're designed. We're designed to come to the kingdom as little children. 
and grow up in adult ways. Adult be manifested as sons and daughters, revealed, unveiled as sons and daughters. But this area of trust is where the rubber meets the road. And this is where God comes into where we live, in our places, our pain points, our places of brokenness, our places of confusion, our places of sin, sinful ways of being, fallen ways of being, our places of selfishness, our places of, you know, pick a card, any card, right? Um, to engage with us and woo our hearts to trust. That's what obedience is. Because sometimes, um, you know, and I know obedience has gotten a bad rap because we don't earn something. But when you have someone who loves you, who's wild about you, and is passionate and relentless to bring your best interest to fruition, and to unveil you in the fullness of who you are, when they ask you to obey, it's probably because they might know, let me think, oh yeah, more than you and me. <laughs> and they might have something amazing on the other side. Now, obedience isn't a, um, isn't the price of admission. You see, we get transactional. We just have such a hard time. Like God won't bless me if I disobey. That's not what it is. It's that I'm already blessed. He wants me to partake of the blessing, but because he refuses to be the magician with the magic wand, because that's anti-relational, uh, that, you know, that he's leading us. The sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Well, when you follow the leading, you're being obedient. So I'm just recouching obedience. Okay. Um, and in his masterfulness, he says, you know, go this way. This is where, uh, the blessing, the, the, uh, the answer, uh, the peace you need, the provision you need, the healing you need, the holiness you need, um, the, uh, conformity into my image. Like, wow, you get to be more lovely, just like me. Wow. There's, I have so much. I've got everything for you. Go this way. Uh, and it will unfold before you. See, this is a journey. The reason why God insists on journeying with his kids is because it's relational. And we want it to be the magic wand. Okay, just be honest. <laughs> How many of you are like, I really wish he would do the magic wand? There are times when I wish he'd do the magic wand. Where's the wand? Right? But that is not relational. If God is love and that is his most profound revelation of identity of who he is. Um, he doesn't, um, he doesn't wave a magic wand because he's not engaging with us. He wants to partner with us, you know, and when we yield, okay, uh, when we yield, and, and let me say yielding is scary. Why? Because we're afraid to trust. Let's put you know, put it where it is. We're afraid to trust. We're not quite sure. Do you have my b best interests at heart? Are you really good? Are you really mad at me? Because I know what I looked at at the internet last night or whatever it is that may be condemning you in your own mind. Okay. Um, that we think that we haven't done enough things. Like I didn't read the words. I got to read the word. Otherwise the magic won't happen. There, there's no magic. It's relational. Okay, it's relational. It's not the price of admission. It's let me show you how this really works. Follow me. This is relational. This is me and you. This is our journey together. This is me meeting you in your heart and bringing your issues up, not, not to condemn you, 
but to heal them. And in the healing process, I'm going to partner with you. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to say uncle, right? I'm going to, I'm going to woo you to obey. Um, and I'm going to impress upon you to o- o- obey, to obedience, just follow my leading. Okay. Um, don't run away from me. Look into my face. You're going to see nothing but love there. No condemnation. Anything you see in the face of God that looks like punishment and condemnation is your projection on him. Just let that rest. Um, no condemnation in that, but that needs to be healed, right? And needs to be healed. So as he's leading us and wooing us into trusting him, he shows himself. Let me think. Oh, yeah. Trustworthy. He shows himself faithful. And then we, in that place of, wow, you met me here. You met me here when I couldn't help myself. You met me here at my ugliest. Listen, if he doesn't love you and adore you in your ugliness, he doesn't love and adore you. But he does. Oh, he insisted. He insisted on taking on flesh as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world to be the lamb slain uh, on terra firma uh, because we needed a sacrifice. God didn't need a sacrifice. If God's forgiven sin, he doesn't need a punishment for what he's forgiven. So if you have a, a just judge who's forgiven a crime, they don't expect the the criminal, the person who committed the crime to pay on top of that, right? It's just forgiven, right? You, you can't have both, okay? So, uh, but we have a really hard time believing we're forgiven. We have a really hard time believing we're justified. We have a really hard time with all our shame thinking that if we look into the eyes of Jesus, if we look into the eyes of our Father, there's nothing but love. They're kind eyes. They're compassionate eyes. They're the eyes of love that refuse, that cast out fear. And they're the ones that are saying, now follow me because I've got so much for you. Above all, you can think, ask, hope, dream, believe, conceive, right? So let's go this way. You and me, we're in this together and you are never alone. I never forsake you. When you do all that crap, that evil crap that happens like you and me and humanity do. Okay. I don't leave you. I'm there. Like I'm in it. I am in it because if I'm not there, I'm nowhere. And I'm in it with you to try to awaken you to who you are. Oh, oh, my son, my child, you are beautiful. Why are you doing this hideous thing? You are righteous. Why are you doing this evil thing? This is not you. You don't need to do this. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt other people. This is not who you are. I made you to love and be loved. This is not that. And I'm helping you. I'm empowering you to do better. So, you know, we have to believe that God is more masterful than our stupid. Like, you know, just do a little self-check. Okay. So the last time, and I don't know when this was, that you, you did something that was not lovely. Um, that was destructive, that violated love because it hurts you and others. Okay. Or you think maybe it just hurts you. Let me say this. If it hurts you, it hurts others. Um, so in that place, the last time you did that, okay. Um, God was right there and that was stupid. Oh my gosh. And this is a level I've done. I do stupid regularly. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, I'm getting better. My stupid is getting less stupid, but it's still stupid. Okay, why? Because it's sin. It's a false identity. I'm growing in the knowledge of him. I'm growing in the knowledge of who you are. And and so are you. And so the last time I did that, I had to look. Oh, God, I did it. Dang. Oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, oh, you are forgiven, honey. Now clean up your mess because you're powerful. Okay, now, what was the lie? You're, oh, you didn't think you could trust me there. You didn't think that somehow I'd be able to pull it off. You thought you had to go outside of me to find something. That you couldn't count on me to make it right. So you had to go outside of me. Or you thought you were outside of me. You just forgot who you were. Well, that is what... Um, the delusion of humanity is that we think we're separate and we have to go outside of God like there is anything outside of God except alienation in our minds. That leads to destruction. That leads to fallen ways of being that hurt ourselves and others. Okay, that we have to go out to find something when he's the source. He said, as you remain in me and me and you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do. Let me think, 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 think. Oh, yeah, nothing. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. There's a lot of destruction. Outside, there's a lot of alienation. There's a lot of depression and death and sickness and disease and depravity and, and destruction and you name it outside of that. Okay. Because it's, it's a false way of being, uh, that, that brings that out. But in me, you bear much fruit. Now, what's the fruit? Let me think. Oh, yeah. Number one, it's the fruit of love. It's what you were made for. Whether you, 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 you know, is that people, in their pain, turn away from love, right? In their pain, right? But it doesn't deny your creation. You were created in love, in the image and likeness of love, to love, to be loved. And your your mission on this earth is to love in whatever flavor that looks like. And it's all bathed in love. Whatever you do, right? It's for the betterment. And it's also to be loved. So, right? All of that, you get it all. But we, we, in our pain, um, we run and we, you know, kick our foot against the goad, kick, kick, kick our foot against the pricks, right? We hurt ourselves kicking against a God who is love, right? And he's right there. He's like, Oh, honey, you can just beat me. You can punch me. It's just not going to, I'm not moving. You can think you're pun. It's like it's it changes nothing because we do not have the capacity to change God. We do not have the capacity to change love. We do not have the capacity to change his opinion of it. He's the only one who knows who we who he is totally and knows who we are totally. So the 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 more we get with the program and what is the program? The program is conforming you to the image of Christ. The program is working out the salvation. He's already accomplished. It's already finished in you and working it out so that you can have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. You, you can experience the blessing and be a blessing that, <clears throat> that you can be one experientially with God and with people, that all the good things that you're longing for, you know, a lot of people in their kind of delusional state, they're, they're looking for good things. They're just thinking that you find that outside of God or that you can make it in and of yourself or that, you know, these idols that we put before us, the money, the power, the riches, the, the governmental functions, the relationships, the sex, the whatever, we think that somehow that's going to be a source and it will suck you dry and spit you out. Why? It's an idol. That's what idols. This is, these are ancient, ancient things. We think we're so sexy and new and we're thinking so, and we're not. 
Okay. There's nothing new under the sun. Just this is why studying history is so important because we, we've made the same mistakes over and over. But as far as it depends upon you, because you, there's only so much you can control about all that stuff, but you can control you and you are accountable to you. Not an accountable in the sense of, wow, if you don't obey me, I'm going to punish you or I'm going to withhold. Okay. That's humanity projecting evil onto the face of a good, lovely God. That's not right. No, it's that, wow. Um, if, if you don't follow my leading, it's not going to go well with you. Natural consequences, right? This is where your life is. If you cut your, cut yourself off from your source, you're going to shrivel up and go brown and crinkle up and be the subversion of who you are, which is not who you are. So go this way. This is where life is. Follow life. Follow Oh my goodness, peace. Let peace be the umpire of your heart, sifting, deciding all things with finality. Okay, so I have a verse that I wanted to bring up because we're talking about the masterfulness of God, you know, and, 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 and a lovely God, right? And he's masterful, so he may know better than we. I'm just saying, this is why we get into trouble when we make ourselves our own gods, because we're in the image and likeness of God. Uh, we are partakers of the divine nature. All of that, we're as he he is, so are we in this world. We're as him in this world, but we're not him. We haven't, the collective humanity does not equal Christ. <laughs> we look like him. If I, if I, if I go as a pirate, well, I'm not the pirate, but I look like a pirate. Okay. So let's just not be confused. Um, but, uh, just laughing. Okay. So, um, so we're not God. We're not our own source. We get into trouble when, when we act like we are because we get bankrupt because we disconnect ourselves from the one who is our source, right? And the one who can really lead, and we go off on all these different tangents that are not God. And we wonder why it doesn't work. And it, 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 we get disillusioned. Oh my God, there's so much disillusionment. And unfortunately, there's so much disillusionment with the church. I get it. Well, it's because anywhere in the church, when it's disconnected from God, even though you say in Jesus name, it's, it, it, it's right. It's bankrupt. Okay. And I'm not saying the church is bankrupt, but I mean, some of the systems we've had, we, all the religious stuff. Okay. Which Jesus railed against, but there is real stuff in the midst. Let's just not beat up the church. Okay. Let's not beat up one another. Uh, because, you know, listen, when, when we all are perfect, uh, then we can sit there and judge each other. Oh, I think we're not supposed to do that because we're not, but we're growing. Okay. So let me get to my scripture. Um, I love it. Oh my God. I'm sorry. This just makes me happy in anticipation. I'm going to actually read this from the King James because there's some, it, it's kind of summarizes and then I'm going to take you to the Passion Translation. Uh, Colossians 1 19 through 21. We're talking about the masterfulness of God. <clears throat> For it pleased the Father that in him, Christ, should all fullness dwell and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven and you uh, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind. Dang to dang dang by wicked works yet now hath sorry, Elizabethan English, he hath reconciled. Okay, I just want to give you kind of that gestalt. See, um, 
let me let me take you to the Passion Translation and then we'll go uh, back. It says, for God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. So God is not a sub-God. It's not God the Father, then hierarchy, then Jesus the Son, then, you know, Holy Spirit kind of, the, they're, they're one, they're equal, okay? Um, that's a heresy um, called Arianism. But anyway, I won't go there, but just FYI. Um, and by the blood of his cross, Everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. So we're going to stop there because I can't help myself. Um, so um, the, what is the work of the cross about? It's about God entering into humanity, suffering the wrath of humanity, not God. Okay. Um, God has wrath, but it's, it's love for us. It's not a, I have an anger management problem and I need to whip the crap out of my son because someone needs to pay. Okay. That's penal substitution. That is horrific. Okay. God's not like that. And if you believe in that, you're going to have an impossible job trusting God. That is so toxic run. Okay. Anyway, that needs to be healed. And by the blood of his cross, um, uh, so the purpose of the cross is to restore. It's like, I will suffer. I will lay my life down, not to be whipped by my father, but to be, to endure the wrath of humanity and the wrath that we paint onto the face of God. I will endure that because I need to enter into, let me think, your alienation, your your deepest way of separation, your deepest depraved way of being, not nature. I need to do that to bring everything in heaven and earth back to myself. I'm love. I created you to love. I'm drawing you with the cords of compassion, with the cords of love back to me, everything in heaven and earth, back to myself, back to my original intent. I made you, I chose you before the foundation of the world, joining you to myself, right? Making you innocent without blameless before me in love. It's all about love. It's all about relationship. It's all about um, wholeness. Be holy as I am wholeness, restored wholeness or holiness back to original intent, restored to innocence again. What would it be like? I want you to think for a second. What would it be like to feel innocent again, pure and clean? See, that's what little kids do. And a lot of the reasons why we have such a problem trusting God is that we have all these records of wrongs of where we haven't behaved where we, our hands have got blood on them, right? You know, humanity's done horrible things. We all have done horrible things. Okay. But if that's forgiven and you are cleansed in your conscience by the blood of Christ and shame is removed, you can look face to face with the God who loves you and be innocent. I'm innocent. Who will lay a charge against God's elected is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? What's he saying? You're innocent. Yeah, you've been forgiven. You're innocent. 
You've been forgiven. It's been washed away. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Your sins have been cast away into the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east to the west, how many times do we need to say it before he gets it? You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? And so I am bringing you back to original intent, uh, which is whole, which is holiness, because as you are, as I am, so are you in this world. I'm bringing you back to that restored innocence again. Now, let me just say this. Everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. Okay. And we're talking about the blood of the cross. Well, that's a bloody thing. It's like a kind of a horrific thing, but it's by this blood that he's redeemed it. I'm entering into your alienation. How can I say that? Let's go to the next verse. (laughs) context helps. All right. It is crucial. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. King James says, I kind of like it the way King James says it. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind. I'm going to stop there for just a second. So where is the alienation? Where is the separation? Where is the torment? Where is the, um, where does all this, it, it springs from the sense of separation, alienation, in our minds, in our hearts, all the, that's where he's at work. That's where he's masterful. Sometimes we think, use your magic wand and boom and poof, make things perfect. What's wrong with you? If you're big, you know, whatever you're not doing. And he's like, I'm, ah, I'm doing it the place where it counts in your hearts and minds. Because the most powerful thing under the planet in the scene realm are my sons and daughters. And this is where you are transfigured as I draw you to myself. You're transfigured or transformed in your mind. And you are unveiled as a son and daughter of, uh, of God. And man, there's nothing more powerful in the seen realm. And so creation is re- released from its bondage. I've got something so much bigger. Yeah, this is an issue. But sometimes trying to deal with that issue, trying to chase out the fires that humanity insists on putting on there. Um, I'm doing something so much deeper and sweeping and you may not see it, but it's in the place that counts because it's in our hearts and in our minds. And as we grapple with that, we're transfigured, we're released, we're no longer alienated, we're restored back to to innocence and original intent. We're manifested. And those sons and daughters that will walk and release creation, the scene realm from its bondage. See, he works differently. He refused to whistle to our tune. He refuses to jump through our hoops. He's like, baby, I hear what you're saying. I'm doing this way. You might want to follow me. Ding, da, ding, ding. Um, and then it says, you were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. So when we do wicked things that out of, out of a false sense of identity, okay, a false sense of that, a, 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 of relating to ourselves, we do fallen things. We do wicked things. And then in that, where we think is our source, we're like justifying ourselves. It's like, you're, you're operating over here and I do that. Go come back to me. It's a false place. And we, you know, we shake our fist at God. Like, what are, we, what are you doing? Yet now has he reconciled? You've already been reconciled. So why are you playing out there? Why are you playing in, 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 in the, um, in the gutter? When I've got the most lavish, this is your place. Come home. 
Come home. This is not, he's not talking about a prayer, although by all means pray. Okay. He's not talking about jump through this hoop and say these magic words so I can hop into you. He's not talking about that. He's saying, come back into relationship with me because you think I'm not here and I've been here the whole time. I've been here with you in the sewer with all the crap you've covered. I dove in there deeper than that. And I'm like, I'm right here. I'm right here, right here. Oh my goodness. Have you not had enough? Come back, come back. I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to heal. I'm not here to, to punish, to retribute. I'm here to heal. Um, he has released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body. What will I not lay down to win you back? Because I had to submit to the wrath humanity carried, right? Uh, as sin payment, payment for sin. Who's, who's demanding payment? We demanded sacrifice. Even in the Old Testament, uh, the, uh, God said, sacrifice that did not desire. You needed sacrifice because you were so, um, burdened with your own guilt and, uh, and your consciousness condemning you. You needed a sacrifice. Well, hello, I signed up to yield to you. Not to an angry God, but yield to us because we required one. Oh, this is deep. So that, so that you would dwell in his presence. Like I'm right here. Dwell, live, flourish, be at peace. Oh my God. Let me adore you. Let me love you. Let me heal you. Yeah. And now there's nothing between you and Father God, right? I'm not the one demanding payment. I'm the one releasing myself into you. Now you can see me the way I am. For he sees you. How does he see you? As holy, flawless, and restored. That's how he sees you. That's how he sees you. And then you can rest. And because he sees you that way, oh my goodness, he's helping you to see you that way. And as you see you that way and see him that way, what happens? You can trust in a God who is redeeming all things to himself. What does that look like? I have no clue. (laughs) I don't know how that's looking. I just know it is. I know it's so transcendent and so sweeping. Sometimes we can't see it, but I know he's working in you and he's working in every single human being. This is the gold. This is where it's at in us, in our minds and in our hearts and willing us to get into agreement with him, to obey, obey, to be led. The sons of God are led by the spirit of God. And when you're not led by his spirit, you're not led by peace and you don't have peace, right? Uh, and the blessings are not popping up. And then you feel you have to toil to earn it, to make it happen. Well, oh my God, I'm I, like, aren't you tired? <laughs> I don't, if I have to do that, I, I don't want to, like, if God can't pull it off, I don't want it. But I'm saying he's got it all for you. In him are all things. He's the prize. You're the prize. Your relationship with him and everything else is a byproduct. As you remain in him and him in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So just don't, just refuse. <laughs> Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. What do you learn? Oh, I'm me, humble, lowly. I'm here to serve. I'm not here to condemn. I know you got problems. I get it right? So I'm here to serve you. Learn of me, a me come a lily, and I will give you rest. You can rest 
in a masterful God who adores you, you can trust him. Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you today. I hope it's uh, helped relieve some things. You know, I, in any teaching, in any kind of ministry, what's the fruit? How are you feeling? Does that bear fruit? Well, then it's a Jesus thing. Does that bear a happy fruit? Are you more peaceful? Are you more happy? You're like, oh my God, I can maybe start to hope and relax. I can maybe start to trust. Maybe maybe things are going to be okay. Maybe I'm adored. All of that, if it brings that fruit, yay, it's a God thing. So do that with every teaching, okay? I And I trust that this has done that for you. That's my heart. Oh my God, I know that's God's heart. I hope I've reflected his heart well because I want to be a blessing. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Share this with someone who needs it. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.